Are we recording for real right yes. now? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't joking. All right. Pause. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. I haven't made one in a while. Uh, this is my third one. The first two were with athletes. First one was with a boxer. Second one was with a uh, bodybuilding competitor. And the theme for those two were basically commitment, dedication, and what it takes to be an athlete at a higher level. I'm going to switch things up a little bit. And you may have noticed that I sound amazing. And that's because I'm recording in a legit studio with amazing equipment. So thanks to our next guest for that. I'm switching this up. And instead of it being athletic based or sports, I'm going to be talking about creativity. And with creativity, I am going to introduce our sponsor for this podcast. It is Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have four locations, Capitol Hill, Wallingford, U District, and Federal Way. They have amazing Mexican food, so definitely check them out. I'm a photographer, but I've also been doing a little bit of video. And one of my good buddies is a producer, DJ, musician, and just an all-around audiophile, and that's Danny. Say what's up, Danny. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing out there? So I, I've known Danny for quite a few years, but not until recently that I really know how deep he was and the passion that he had for audio. And being on the photography side, the video side, I mostly talk to and collaborate with people who are visual, who do lighting and take pictures and uh knowing danny and you know being here in his amazing studio audio is its own separate science and i'm just super excited that i'm able to collaborate with him to not only make amazing sounding content but his creativity is going to help me with everything else with the video side with how to compose and uh basically tell a story because as a visual storyteller i want to create an image or create a video that will engage and make people feel something so having danny uh as a collaborator is going to really enhance that so this pot this podcast this show this conversation whatever you want to call it we're going to talk about creativity how we go about looking at a project uh, formulating a project, creating a project, but then if things don't work out nearly, if things don't work out like we think they are, like, what do we do? How do we adapt? How do we correct for mistakes or how do we correct for things that we don't plan for? So Danny, how do you feel about that? Let's just chat about creativity. Well, one of the things that I think about when I hear the word creativity is I guess it would be our brains and how they work and creativity and our imaginations. Creativity is really just a form of problem solving is one of my thoughts on it. Um, you just see an issue and, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. When I look at a song sometimes with that creativity when I'm creating something the way that problem solving comes into that is I have a thought in my head there's something that I think would sound good 
and I imagine the finished product and what I'm thinking to myself is how can I make that happen? And and that's where that problem solving part comes into it. How do I solve this problem? How do I create this sound? How do I create this emotion that I'm trying to create? How do I tell this story with words? What words do I use to tell this story uh, for song lyrics? That would be a, a, it really is just a form of problem solving right. and using your imagination to solve problems. So there's a couple common components that you're saying, storytelling, how do I reach people? And that's sort of the same mentality that I go to when I make a picture, when I'm shooting a model or making a video. Like, how can I get people to react to it? And I mean, the old adage is like, you can hate it, you can love it. I just want you to feel something because I don't want to make something that someone's going to say, eh, okay, and then move on. I want someone to hate it or love it. And that's, uh, to me, that would be a preferable result. But let's start out with I, uh, my previous two podcasts. I talked a little bit about myself as far as background and how I started in photography, how I started in video. Let's uh, give our uh, listeners a little bit of you. Um, I've known you for a few years now, and I'm I'm sort of upset at myself that I didn't know how passionate you were about this because I think that we could have worked together a long time ago. Definitely. And yeah. I mean, we could have had, I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to say lost time or whatever, but now that I know, Hey, I'm going to be here a lot. So let's <laughs> just just to fill in the audience to uh, essentially I begged Carlos to come to my studio and check it out for like two years. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and I didn't. And I didn't. And didn't. Because and you know why? Finally. And he was like, holy moly, you have a serious studio. You, here. This is a legit studio. And I don't want to say that I didn't come because I didn't believe him. but when i mean uh, when you look at youtube videos on how to make videos they all say it has to sound good all right so how do you make it sound good you put a you don't do in camera mics you get an external mic so i went in and i bought a road mic i don't know 100 bucks or whatever a good Slapped, brand though yeah snapped it on the top of my camera i'm like holy smokes it sounds so good but then the past hour when we're setting this up i'm like there is so much more there is so different so I want all of my videos to sound as good now. <laughs> so let's give our listeners a little bit of your history. Like you, uh, you are super, super passionate about it. I mean, we went through this testing process for about what? Six different mics. Yeah, I believe so. Six different mics. And I'm sitting here in your studio and I see guitars, acoustic and electric, and I see miles of cables. I see dozens <laughs> of microphones, ukuleles. I see a percussion box full of instruments, harmonicas. So obviously you've had a passion for this for a very, very long time. So tell us a little bit about like what got you started in this i mean when you were a kid you're like hey looking at the electronics catalogs or like where did this start of your passion for audio my passion for audio actually started when i was four years old four yeah and it wasn't because of electronic equipment or anything of that sort 
I got a Dukes of Hazard guitar for Christmas, and I loved that thing. I don't even know if it actually played. Looking back on it, I don't know if it was a real guitar in any way. But that's why. Did it have the Confederate flag on printed on it? It did not. I don't believe it had the Confederate flag. It was orange with blue writing. Okay. And maybe it did. I don't know. I mean, it was so long ago. But I don't know if you did notice at the top of my microphone stand, though. I also have MJ up there, right? Right. Michael Jackson. I've got a little, uh, let's call it a doll. (laughs) Articulating collectible figure. Thank you. Yeah, that that too. Um, But I have in the other room, I don't think I showed it to you, but there's a picture of me and I got the MJ glove also when I was four for Christmas. And I loved that thing. (laughs) And the thing for me was the, the part that got me so passionate was how passionate the people that I was interested in were about music, like Michael Jackson. And even as a child, the way that he made me feel when I listened to his music and I was like, oh man, this music makes me want to dance or it makes me feel happy or I'm listening to bad and it makes me feel cool, you know? And that's where it really began. And my family is a super musical family and I don't mean that in that they are musical geniuses or anything like that but we always sang together in the car when wow. when we drive anywhere like on even road trips still. yeah not even on like we're spending four minutes in the car going to the grocery store we're singing along to whatever the song is even if we don't know the words whole family nice and I mean, it was just, um, now that being said, like my grandmother did go to college for piano and she taught piano for a long time. And, um, my great grandmother like wrote songs in in the twenties and stuff like that. And so, but they weren't like professional musicians, if you will. Um, and so for me, I, You know, we were always, music was a huge part of our lives and we were musical, quote unquote, but not classically trained or anything like that. And I never took a music class actually until I was in the seventh grade, I believe. And I took guitar and I did that because in the school I went to in seventh grade, you had to take either guitar or choir. And I thought choir is for girls. I'm not taking that. Like I was super self-conscious about it. It wasn't because I was trying to judge. I was just, I didn't want to be judged. Right. Right. And so I took guitar and I do remember I got an A in the class. It came very easy to me. It was just chords and stuff. It wasn't a very, I mean, it's a seventh grade class, right? It wasn't very intense and it kept me out of choir. So I was happy with that. And I was learning songs that I liked because my mom had always grown up with us listening to the oldies um you know and then up to like light light uh, what would probably be on smooth 1069 nowadays or something right. like that just that easy listening 80s stuff and you know with music again that passion um i then but it was always in all honesty like i play the saxophone and it's my really my main instrument, if you will. And 
the thing that got me into the saxophone was I thought the saxophone was cool. Like, but then when I started cool. playing it, I was like, man, I, I love this instrument. Chicks, they, chicks dig the saxophone. I mean, eh, kind of, but. <laughs> well, Bill um, Clinton made it sexy. That, Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I started playing the saxophone in jazz band, but wasn't super serious about music, but I was very passionate about it. And I was never super serious about it, probably until high school. And it was my sophomore, junior year. And I just realized you have to really practice at this if you want to be any good. And so I started practicing really hard this one summer. I mean, I played it all the time and I was getting better. And the saxophone. Yes, at the saxophone. And as a result, I was able to start getting parts and getting solos and things. And that was a good feeling. And so I started to pursue that more. And I really, really practiced a lot. Like I was always with that thing. And like Lisa Simpson in a microphone. Literally, literally. <laughs> and, and the odd thing was for me also, I never sang. I never thought about singing, but I loved singing. Um, and I was hanging out waiting for jazz band rehearsal to start one night in the music auditorium at high school. And they were like, Hey, you got to get out of here. We're having auditions for our, uh, choir auditions coming up. This was like the jazz choir. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, how does that work? And they were like, well, what part do you sing? And the guy, he was trying to be snarky and he goes, do you sing tenor or alto? And just for a background on that, for non-musical people, tenor is the high male voice and alto is a female voice. And so, you know, this one gal that was with him was like, Steve, don't be a jerk. And I was like, I don't know what I sing. But then it was really fun because I hung around for the audition and I ended up making callbacks. And then I was like, yeah, I ended up singing just never having sang before, but I knew how to read music. I knew tonality and whatnot. And so it ended up working out for me. And the funny thing is that when I went to college years later, I actually received a music scholarship for singing and majored in vocal performance. Mm. And so it's it's amusing to me that this thing that I avoided for so long ended up, you know, helping me later on in life. Right. It's not like I necessarily... I mean, I know I do this and I'm very passionate about it, but I'm not a professional by any means, but I'm just really discerning about the equipment that I have and the sound that I'm creating. And so I think that that's a big part of it is that I'm, it's just, I've always had an ear for it and I don't want to accept less than the best that I can do. So it it seems that growing up, you know, you're, family being musically inclined that is how your creativity got kick-started because you're hearing all of these different musical acts you know the difference between one of michael jackson's songs versus the other one and then you probably read and heard him talk about uh the inspiration to either like that's where your creativity got kicked off and nurtured as as, at an early age Yeah, I do agree with that. And one of the things that I'll credit my family with, um, not that I had like an ideal, you know, childhood growing up or anything of that sort, but I will say that they were 100 percent 
supportive and nurturing of creativity. I think that a lot of people experience that, though, too. People who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Uh, it was a good time to be a kid because parents were really, you know, everyone had a gifted child or something to right. that extent, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so... um you know, and they really wanted you to be able to explore. And it wasn't like you had to just be a doctor or a policeman or a fireman anymore. It, it was other, other passions were, and, yeah, and it was occupations. Yeah. Opportunities were, there was more room and the umbrella was wider for opportunities. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I wouldn't, <clears throat> thinking back on me and what, I don't even, I mean, I don't like to say that I'm necessarily mega creative or creative, but actually I wouldn't even call myself creative. I would call myself adventurous, not creative, because I'm okay with trying things and failing. If I do something and I am absolutely rubbish at it and it is horrible, I'm like, okay, you know, I tried it. It didn't work. Let's move on. What's the next thing? So when I was a kid, my mom, I mean, I think every kid, their mom wants them to play the piano when they're a kid. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I took the piano lessons for what same years they bought me a piano and I could, I learned that I could read music. I couldn't write it, but I could read it. So I got to the point where I would be, if, if, there was a church event and the a music coordinator at church wanted me to play something. He could hand me the sheet music and I could do it, but I couldn't do anything on my own. So it was all just reading. And then <laughs> I'm slightly hesitant to talk about this, but, Oh, I'm, well, you had the saxophone. I'm very excited to hear this. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you had the saxophone, which is this cool, sexy instrument. In seventh, a sixth or seventh grade. Please say the organ. <laughs> no, it's worse. <laughs> oh, what? It is worse. The saxophone was taken because there was only like two. Yeah, you got to jump on the Yeah, you got to jump on those because there's only I think few. I had to wait a year, actually. Like clarinet was done. The, there was no clarinet spots. <laughs> and... My mom said, I'm never getting you drums, so you do not try for any percussion. <laughs> so Damn. the only thing that was left was, okay. The flute. Yes. Yes. There was a flute position. There was a flute left. So <laughs> it was me and then the. Are you saying that you play the yes flute? <laughs> do you play the yes flute? <laughs> I played the flute for like three years. That's awesome. I actually got really good at it. There you go. I uh, I got really, yeah. I That is a, I don't want to call it a skill. Well, everyone at band camp knows that the flute <laughs> is the best instrument to play, bro. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so I played the flute and... I mean, I did full-on, like, performances at school and at church. And every time uh, my parents had friends over, they'd be like, Hey, Carlos, saca la flauta. 
and I would I would play the flute. So I could play. Not anymore. I mean, this is like this was ages ago. But I think that's where the creativity started because the creativity masking an adventure in, in being an adventurous because I I was okay trying something new. If I had completely bombed at it, like years later, I'd actually try to play drums and I'm horrible at drums because drums actually require coordination with it, your, it, it all is your a four whole limbs. another level. Of it's, it's a whole different. I mean, sure. so the flute and the piano piano, it's muscle memory almost. It's like you Absolutely. just have to remember where the keys are and the flute where the hand positions are. So it came a lot easier to me. Whereas with drum, like, forget it. I'm, I have zero rhythm. So, but I think that getting those experiences early on, uh, like nurtured what, ultimately my creativity would be so what i want to ask you is when did music turn into photography for you so well music ended early like super early like ninth grade okay high school yeah uh, and, and I feel bad about this now, but that, I stopped. It is a transition time, though, because I think about it. And luckily, in my high school, out of 1,200 students, 900 of them were in band, choir, drama, or a combination of those. Mm. That's three quarters of it. So I never knew, like, people would be like, oh, band geek, drama dweeb, or, you know, choir right. nerd. We didn't have those. I'm not even kidding when I say we did not have those sayings in my high school. Hmm. Because why would you say that? Like three quarters of the school was in one of the you would be one of the program. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you'd get your butt kicked, right? Like they'd gang up on you and hit you with instruments. So retrospectively, I was upset at myself because the reason that I stopped playing the flute is because basically my friends were busting my balls. It's like you're playing the flute. It's like, that's a chick thing. But how badass would it be? Especially after Anchorman came out. <laughs> I mean, really, though. So, I mean, every once in a while, I think, hey, if I had actually stuck with it, it would be me and Kenny G <laughs> with our wind instruments. Seriously, though. Like, I would have, like, I really liked it. I, I felt that I had an actual skill for it, but I let outside influences which turn me from it. Yeah, it, which leads us to our next topic of discussion, gender roles in society. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> That's for the next one. Yeah, we don't have time this podcast Especially for that one. Especially if you like oh, uh, pink drinks and <laughs> yeah. your girl I, just likes so everyone knows, I'm a I'm a big fan of pink drinks actually, <laughs> which is funny cuz I'm colorblind, so but so what I'm color are I'm a, you? A, pink just really looks kind of gray to me usually. Hmm. But I can tell when it's a pink drink, though. I just I read the description for something. It sounds good. I order it and then I get it. And it's what's pink, the best like description time. of what pink looks like? Because you can't see red, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm red green colorblind, so um, so I what mean, does blood look to you? Blood. It, the The problem is you're never going to be seeing what I'm seeing. 
right? So blood. We need to get you those like glasses. Blood. I know. I need them. You know what? I'm gonna buy them for you. <laughs> Have you tried them? Have you ever put them on? No, I've never put them on. It's supposedly it, it's a real thing, right? Yeah, yeah. These people's minds are blown. Right. They're called chroma lens, I think. But are anyway. you gonna cry? When you see how cool red is. I might. I don't know. And I then mean, when you actually see what pink looks like and it's like. Uh, uh, this is what I've been, this what? I've been doing. This is so pink. Not acceptable. Yeah. Oh, this looks gross. Um, so, but I, I did want to get back to that, though, and say, like, you know, I need. I don't blame you at all on, you know, I, I almost knew you were going to say at high school because. Suddenly at high school, there are different expectations um, and it can be not cool to play an instrument at all anymore. Like right. literally, like even people who play the guitar might get busted on or something. It's uh, luckily that didn't exist as prevalently in my high school, but there were definitely. Where, where was this? Where was your Connecticut, high school? Connecticut, Connecticut, Ledger High School. Um, But. You know, one of the other things is that, you know, sports and other, uh, what are they, curricular activities affect, they take your time at that point in time too, right? So it was like I was doing sports and whatnot and trying to do concerts at the same time. And I was also in a ska band. And so it's all these things take more and more of your time and you only have so much to give. And, you know, for me, music was definitely something I was passionate about. And so luckily I stuck with it. Right. Quote unquote. I mean, cause it really has provided me with an outlet for so many things in my life. And maybe that's the other part of creativity is just having emotions, if you will. And, Again, feeling that necessity is the mother of invention. Sure. You have these emotions in you that are just gone crazy and you've got to get them out. Like, what do you do with them? What do you do with them? And it's like you write a sad song or a happy song or a contemplative song or you just play a contemplative note, you know, or a happy note or a sad note. And it's just then... You're not only are you expressing yourself, but other people are feeling those feelings with you and you're not alone anymore. Even if it's just you and your instrument. Right. It's like your instrument is feeling the same way you are, even though you're controlling it. Your outlet. Your expressive outlet was audio based, was music, was how does this sound and how do I take that? My outlet was writing because there was a time, early 20s, where I would just write completely idiotic short stories. I like this. Like a two-page short story. Yeah, yeah. But the very first short story that I wrote, I got in trouble for because it was horror-based, but I wrote it while my cousin was typing it and she left it in her typewriter and so yeah we're dating ourselves she actually had a typewriter like a legit typewriter so i i was dictating the story to her she was typing it out it was like two pages but she left it at the desk and it was a communal desk so it was in the living room and then my uncle 
picked it up, read it, and we had a talking to because was, was it a Stephen King story or you know was okay. there was was were there some homoerotic overtures <laughs> in it? Well, we need to know a little bit so, more about this man. I haven't. I don't think in my in the previous two shows I talked about my affinity to horror. I love horror. Like I go to so I, it was pretty macabre and it grotesque. Was, it was, there were dead people in it. There were decapitations. There were putting head on pitchforks and then stuck into the ground. And my uncle did not appreciate that at all. <laughs> so he yelled and called me. Well. No, first he called my cousin because he thought she had written it. Yeah. And then my, then she <laughs> says, like, I was just practicing my typing. <laughs> so then he called me over and he thought that I was talking about their family. He's oh, like, he's God. he's like, he thought that I was saying that I wanted to do that to them. I'm like, no, this is a story. Like, I like horror movies. I like like. So needless to say. I couldn't hang out with them for a little bit until oh, my until my uncle called over. But it was a short story, right? So I kept <laughs> so they got over it quickly. What do you mean it was a short? Well, no, story. for me it was a short story. I wrote my I, I, that may have been my first short story. So ever since then, I have these ideas, and then I just write them down. Yeah, they turn into short stories, and I. Well, I don't know how much I should say about this now, but I wrote a script for a short film, which started out as being like mega horror, but it just turned into a completely depressing movie. So, <laughs> like, no one's going to come out of oh, my movie. And, is like, this the one that great. I've read? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it like is. this one. So, you know, rewinding it back a bit, my creativity moved from music to stories like actually writing stories and then telling stories one thing that i used to do so i used to travel a lot in my old job yes uh you know everywhere mexico brazil colombia chile like everywhere and when we used to <laughs> When we used to go out with my coworkers, go out to bars or wherever, I used to full on make up stories of who I was. <laughs> I know guys probably have a thing for that, but I, I, I didn't want anything from it. I just wanted to tell a story. So I would come up with like, actually my most common, uh, my most common story was that I was a secret service agent. But I didn't protect the president. I just worked in the counterfeit department. <laughs> I like that. And then I'll just elaborate on that. I mean, whatever. You could call it a lie or whatever, but it was just you it was <laughs> You could call it a lie. Okay, it's if a lie. you're boring. <laughs> but it's so I'm sort of saying this, but I'm saying it in the in the vein of creative, like creativity, like how do you use your creativity? Like you come up, you come up with stories. Like I have a bunch of stories in my head. That was one of them. Uh, the script that I wrote, that was another one. I'm working on another one now that is a serial killer kid. 
So Ooh, creepy. It, it that that one's that one. Please tell me it involves dolls. No. Oh bummer. It involves homeless people though. Oh. Well. Must so, be based in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. So my my the when I actually make my movie, that one's yeah. It's not horror. It's just depressing. But the next one that I do will there will definitely be be blood. There'll be gore in it. There will be blood. There will be blood. But again, let's you know wrapping this all up in creativity. My view of it is just like another adventure, right? So I'm gonna try to I'm 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 going forward with this activity, and I'm taking it as an adventure. Like, can I do this? Because y- there's so many, I don't want, okay. So there's so many people that just talk about plans, just talk about things that they want, that they want to do. I was talking to my mother buddy the other day. It's like, cause I was telling them that I want to have a larger group of friends that like to do versus like to talk. And then he suggested a meetup, a meetup group. Well, I thought you were going to say events and adventures. <laughs> You should probably go on adventure adventures. <laughs> but I told him, I don't want to meet with people and sit around and talk. I want to meet up with people and do, which is another reason that I'm kicking myself that we haven't, I, I we haven't done anything. <laughs> That's true. Right. Here we are doing something, though. but now we're doing it. So boom, it's, I mean, that's the, uh, that's, the name that was a plan, like just getting stuff done. Yes. Like, let's just do not talk. So what I want uh, segue uh, a tad bit of a segue here. Do you I started this project the other day? Simple project. I wanted to make a video of me pouring a, a glass of wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to make this video. I had in my head exactly what I thought I wanted it to look like. I had it all storyboarded out in my head, but it was going to be me or a mysterious hand. You were going to see a glass of wine, a bottle of wine. I was going to go up, grab the bottle of wine, pour it into the glass, put the bottle of wine back down, walk around, grab the glass, walk to the other side of the room and sit down in my head. That's what it was, but it was all in slow motion because slow motion is awesome. Everyone loves slow motion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I made it. I actually made what I had in my head, but when I sat down to start editing, I was bored out of my head. This was a, what only took me 10 seconds to do the act of pouring setting it down, walking across, took me to 10 seconds to do. The way I shot it, it was like a 120 seconds. And that <laughs> a was long a long commercial. That was a super long 120 seconds. <laughs> the longest 120 seconds it was of like, your I'm life. I'm sitting there while I'm like I was pretty content as I was doing it the first, you know, go around. But then when I thought I was done, I went back and I watched it. I'm like, I'm so bored. This is so <laughs> bored. So like how like I can't I can't release this. 
Like this is no one's going to think this is interesting. Like, how do I make it interesting? And then came creativity. <laughs> then came creativity. So then, because I had the song picked out, which was a, a not a song, uh, the music, which a royalty was royalty-free song or royalty something like free that. Song. Hey, artlist. <laughs> dot i o I yes believe. dot i give them a shout not out. dot com not dot com dot i o well we'll tag them in this <laughs> they deserve it they don't they, they? Do, I, mean, I spent a lot of point. time on their side <laughs> yeah exactly so i had this i had the music picked out which was this slow dramatic build up right a crescendo as i was pouring it but the crescendo just did not stop for 40 seconds. <laughs> That's not a crescendo at that point, right? <laughs> it's so, a sustenuto, I yeah. believe. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. And actually, this is the first video that I edit on my 38 4K monitor, which is mm. super awesome. But it still sucked. <laughs> it still sucked. No matter how good the no monitor how was, good that monitor it didn't was. make the right. video better. Hey, that that's going to be the second part of this is, is the gear, the gear, right, to fuel creativity, right, 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 right. So I'm, I I thought that I had finished the video that was in my head. I went back and watched it, and then. When on being honest with myself, it was horrible. It was not good at all. I didn't like it one single bit. So I got up and I was doing some other stuff. Then I sat back down at it. And I'm like, okay, how do I fix this? So obviously you have to speed things up. But in order to speed things up, it's not going to match with my music. So I had to go back look for another soundtrack that had fast components, slow components, fast components, slow components. And when I ended Were there up fast components and then slow components by any chance. What do you mean? <laughs> you said fast components, slow components like three times. Well, well, no, I needed it to like go up and down, up and down, up and down. So thanks to Artlist.io, I found there again. <laughs> Thank you, Artlist.io. Thank you. Actually, not a true sponsor in any way. Not yet. But a provider. The provider, yes. I pay. It is, I pay to be part of this service. So I found a sound, the soundtrack that fit this new direction. And then... I just cut it to that then. So I had to speed things up and then I slowed things down, speed things up, slow things down. And it went from a, you know, what minute did I say? And 20, minute 20. 120 seconds. So two minutes. To a minute. I think a little yeah, less than a minute. You're getting closer. I got closer. But it was, but it added so much more. It, it became a much more dynamic video, even though it was super short. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Right. Because to the music, when it was the slower part, slow motion, and then it sped up as I was pouring, and then it slowed down as I was bringing the bottle up, and then it sped up as I put the bottle down and walked across, and then it slowed down as I sat down. 
with my glass. So that I'm, I guess creativity is what a, actually being honest with myself was the first thing in saying, hey, my original idea was crap. <laughs> it was not good. Whoops. <laughs> right. It was just it was rubbish. It didn't work. But then the creativity part of me said, OK, how do I fix it? And then just brainstorming and uh, trying new things lets you fix it and say, because I didn't want to go back and shoot something different. Okay. So maybe laziness was a tad bit of a component here. Again, I I just want to point out necessity (laughs) because it was necessary. It was necessary. Yes. To not film again because of laziness. I had already drank that bottle of wine. It's like, I (laughs) I don't want to go back and that was the only bottle that I had of that one. I didn't want to go back and shoot again. But it worked. So I credit the creativity that I do have to be able to take something that I originally thought was going to be really good. Like, this is going to be epic. This is going to be the best wine spot ever. Ever. And it wasn't. Like, you would have been bored out of your head. (laughs) You could have started this commercial, gone to the bathroom, and came back, and it's only halfway through. Like, that's how bad (laughs) this... That's how bad and boring this would have been. But it but it ended up working and the the wine ma- I showed it to the winemaker and he really dug it. So it, it just worked out. So basically what I'm saying here is that when creative people start a project and they have a vision in mind, they think they really know how something is going to work, how it's gonna flow, what they want the response to be. But then they actually go and do it and it, they realize that it doesn't work like uh, adapting to it and and changing it and, you know, being honest with yourself and saying, hey, this is if I do this, this is just not going to work. So I want your uh, a story from you because this is like this is a vision for me. It's a visual perspective. Can you give us an example on your side of the creative spectrum of something that like, I want it to sound this way you go and you do it. And then eh. like, have you had any of those experiences? I think that I have those experiences constantly, actually. Um, one like of... today and looking for a mic for me. <laughs> well, Hey, remember though, it was, you ended up going with a ribbon mic, which was so surprising to me. It, well, let, yeah, let's, it, let's talk about that. It, it really wasn't what I expected at all. And yet it's the one that sounds the best on your voice. So let's go for it, right? I think that there's a lot of things that happen that way. For me, one of the, one of the things that I, I think happens most is trying, it'd be when I'm songwriting probably. When I'm songwriting, I sometimes just think that something's going to sound really good with something else. And I try out the sound and it just doesn't sound like I thought it did. Or there's songs that sometimes I wonder if this is why artists have that people ask them, well, what did you mean with this song? And they're like, Oh, I leave that up to the audience because there's definitely times when I have written a song 
and maybe it has words or it doesn't. And I'm thinking a certain thing when I'm writing it. I'm trying to convey a certain feeling. And then I play it for some people and they're getting something completely different from it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's oh, the that's not what I went at all, right? Like, and When you're in these types of, when you're, I don't know, do we call this the arts? I don't know. I know it's like, it feels so pretentious yeah, to say like that. Like mega but. pretentious. <laughs> like I try not to be pre- like I try not to be pretentious. My voice cracked a little bit. That was pretty cool. That's pretty pretentious. But, <laughs> <laughs> but everything is so subjective. Like I have these, I guess, creative conversations with clients where I create something for them, and they're like, "Yeah, but this and that," and then I'm like, "Listen." What you hired me for was to be able to create a whole series of these, not just this one. So you're going to have to be flexible because there's going to be another one. Trust the talent. Well, trust the process, really. Trust the process because if if you're hiring a marketing firm, like that's a 15K investment and they're only going to create so much for you so it has to be perfect whereas you have someone on staff that can continually make stuff for tacos right for tacos (laughs) or burritos so basically the whole point here is things that we make whether it be a video whether it be a song a musical composition a photograph we release it when we when we're happy with it and we think that others are going to be happy with it but then like we well well i mean i think we've both experienced this we actually deliver to the client and then they was like eh, like change this and change that and change this because everything's subjective and it's kind of difficult for people like you and i to put those personal feelings aside and say fine if you want it to suck <laughs> I can add a, you know, I can do something different, but I'm telling you that what I made originally was good. And in fact, better than what you're asking for. Right. But you have to, given that our roles are to create for others. I think that that is something that I have definitely run into with recording people that's part of what i do here in the studio is finding people to record and just like you i was surprised by you liking the ribbon mic the most you and i are not going to necessarily agree on what mic is the best for you right so and i don't i didn't disagree with the ribbon mic but there's definitely been other customers that i've had folks in here recording and they it's it's tough to I mean, you've seen my mic collection. I've got this like badass mic collection, right? But we we have to show this at some point. But <laughs> but Danny has a glass display case <laughs> with one, two, three, four, four shelves with amazing looking equipment that looks like it should be in a like at a display case at a high end audio shop. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. You know, sometimes when I have a client come in, a musician come in, they see a mic and the way a mic looks 
is right. the mic that they really want to well, sound the best. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like me and my Dukes and Hazard guitar, or my the Dukes of Hazard guitar, or the Michael Jackson glove. Like, right. it's that look. <laughs> I don't even know if that guitar actually had six strings or not. You know, like, and the glove. Definitely didn't make me sound any better, right? It was probably like floss for strings. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so, but I love those things. And there have definitely been times when I have just gone with what the artist wants because they, the reality of it is, if someone's giving their best performance, you don't necessarily... It, Capturing their best performance with not necessarily the best equipment is better than capturing not their best performance with the best equipment. Right. And so uh, a bad a bad recording of a good take is better than a good recording of a bad take, right? Well, that is making me think of, like, is there really a bad choice? When doing things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's definitely very obvious bad choices. But when it comes to appealing to the masses and it because, you know, when you really want to, you're casting a wide umbrella and you want to just get the biggest impact. Is that, well, for me in visual and in pictures, is my shadows being darker or lighter or my highlights not being are as you, are you saying this just because of my comments on your photo the other day a little well no that was I, I didn't even think about that <laughs> but that was actually so i sent danny a picture of a taco that i took plate of tacos a plate of tacos on a table with they a were knot. delicious that but the table had a knot but i thought sort of thought of that as being you know realistic like if i wanted to go for like a plane then i just would have done it on a white surface eh. like it gave it character like no, what do i know there's texture with or, or whatever i'm not there's but there's grain. some so i my other so <laughs> i didn't like the knot just so everyone knows <laughs> i said hey get the knot out of there because it was just to me it looked like one big ugly black knot in the for middle sure. of this pine table <laughs> It was distracting. It was detracting from the picture and the beauty of the tacos. So I'll, I'll get rid of it because you pointed it out. Because obviously that is <laughs> now the first it's thing all that you stuck see. Out. That's all I see. <laughs> but I have another, my other fr- really, really good friend, Levi, Levi uh, Sim out of uh, Idaho. We'll give a shout out to him. He write, He's a Levi. Levi. A, he's a writer for Photo Focus. We'll shout them out too because they might want us, uh, you know, hook it up later. Yeah, yeah, sure they will. Sure, Photo yeah, fo- yeah. So go to photofocus.com. <laughs> he, I send him, I'm very insecure. Can you believe that? Yes. Okay, I, I didn't expect that quick of a response. I just spent an hour and a half finding the right finding the right mic for you. <laughs> so the uh, I think create uh, going wrapping this back to creativity. The only person who knows that I am as insecure in my creativity is Levi, because I I do photo shoots, I shoot models, uh, I shoot food, I shoot landscapes, and 
I create and I edit a picture that I really think is good. But before I even think about posting it or publishing it, I send it to Levi. And depending on his initial reaction is how I end up judging how good that picture is. So I don't think he knows how much of us, how much of a sh- uh, say he has in what I actually release, but it is, it is pretty big because I trust his opinion so much on what things look good uh, that I, I don't know if that's healthy or not. <laughs> Probably not. But I, I mean, don't you have that one person who's in the same field? I feel like yes. That is, it's unhealthy. it's more than one person. Uh, I, typically, for me, I usually go to a couple people, even, and people that I know are listening to it in different formats too. Right. Because one of the big, I don't know what you'd call it, like. But one of the big factors of creating music is mastering and they call it, um, you know, translatability. How is this going to translate to other speakers? How is this going to translate to other audio systems, other formats? Are you releasing it online? Are you going to put it on CD? Are you going to have it on the radio? How are people going to be listening to your music? And you want to mix and master it to kind of complement those sorts of ways. And how's it going to translate to these different forms of media? But there's an endless possibility of configurations for that. Totally. And photographers face the same things, I'm sure. Right. Are they looking at this on a 38-inch 4K monitor? I built a website a little bit ago. And then the client wants me to change the font on some of the pages. But the client wants a whimsical script font for some of the text. And I went I, I, I went through the Adobe type kit, right? There, there's hundreds of fonts. I picked a few that were whimsical scripty the way that they wanted. Whimsical scripty. Whimsical. It's like whimsical. But Script. I wish the name of the font was <laughs> scripty, scripty whimsical. We should make one. We should make one. But all of those types of fonts do not play well with mobile devices. It looks like a jumbled mess when you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. On, like I have an iPhone 7 Plus that is like the bigger <laughs> Shout of the out phones. to Apple. Shout out to Apple. <laughs> Actually, I had my screen replaced and it sucks. But I won't mention who replaced it. You're too kind. I'm too kind. Actually, I should shout out who I want to replace it. Maybe they hook it up. Well, anyway, but I have a on the larger side of phones, and a lot of these script uh, whimsical fonts just don't p- play well with with mobile because it compresses and it ends up looking like a jumble mess. So creating things to creating content to appeal to phones, whether it be a seven and a half inch or whatever it is, iPhone seven or a smaller iPhone or a tablet uh, or a computer or like me with my 
awesome 38 inch curved 4k 4k monitor two of them ips i don't know what that is is it ips no no also what's your response time one millisecond like refresh not just your refresh rate but the response time i don't know what that is I don't game. Well, I don't need yeah, it that's to true. Game. You're a photographer. It doesn't matter. Huh? It doesn't matter. Damn. Right. Well, gamers care about refresh that. rate though. Refresh like sixty. Okay. That's acceptable. Fine. Acceptable. It's it works. Could be better, but it acceptable. Be. I still got. <laughs> I still got 4K wonderfulness. Boom. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're. What were you? <laughs> the, I think what we're talking about is adapting creativity to the form factor, right? Because. If you know for a fact that you are going to be, people are going to be hearing what you make in a auditorium, then you know exactly how you're going to go about it. Yeah. But then if people are going to be on the auditorium plus on their crappy speakers on their, if it's going to be streamed and they're going to be hearing other crappy speakers on their computer, then you have to take that into account. But so in creativity, there's a bunch of troubleshooting. There's a bunch of pothole filling, basically, because you come up with all of these. Nothing is ideal. Like, I don't think I've ever done a project that goes exactly the way I had it in my head. Amazing. <laughs> right. In my head, it's like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> And then it's not. The I'll give. Ever. <laughs> I'll give you another example of of this creative process uh, with another winery, another wine that I that I was gonna do a little spot for. But I want what I knew was that I didn't want it to be traditional. I didn't want it to be your normal. Hey, bottle of wine. Because this porn. is CZ Media. We're this talking is, about. I here. wanted to think outside of the box a little bit here. So. I mean, creativity was the from the get go. It's like, how do I make something that is not traditional in an industry that expects traditional, right? Because you don't see very many Michael Bay type shots for wine, or you know, you know what you know what I'm saying. Like, wine is the trope is. Shots of the vineyard, shots of pouring the wine, shots of people drinking the wine, shots, shots of, of the bottle, funny salads, whatever. <laughs> it's so it's so cliche, so predictable. Like, how do I make something that's not that at all? So in my studio, I made it dark. Ooh. It was I had a dark studio. Dark. For, I don't know why exactly. I did it, but I put my dark background, I turned off the lights, I took my tabletop, which is this darkish uh, galvanized metal tabletop that I have, I put it in the studio, and then I just put one bottle of wine in the middle of it. So it's dark, (laughs) one bottle of wine in the middle. I'm like, okay, how do I make this interesting? How do I make this compelling? I didn't know. I didn't know at all. I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do. But what did I do? I called my buddy Levi. Shout out to Levi again. Photofocus.com. <laughs> and I I talked to Levi. He was actually sitting on a... He was in a plane 
about to take off, so he had very minimal amount of time for me. <laughs> and Levi said, "Okay, so everything is dark." It's like he said, "Take a light, uh, point it from the back to the front, to the back to the front, up and down." That's all he said. I'm like, "That is, um, that's brilliant, brilliant." So that's what I did. It was dark. I put the uh, bottle of wine in the middle. I took my big light. And then all I did was start recording. And then I took my light. And I mean, I'm actually holding my light yeah, yeah. in my hand. I'm holding it. And I'm moving it from the back to the front, up and down, all these directions for about, I don't know, 10 seconds. And then I went back and I looked at my footage. I'm like, this is so cool. It looked great. I remember this one. But then, this is a pretty long story for such a short (laughs) video. But that's that's creativity, I would say. Long stories for short videos. Long stories for, oh my goodness. So I sit down, start editing. I'm like, that looks pretty cool. It's like, it kind of looks like the sunrise in one of the movements that I did where the bottle was in black, but then as I move the light towards the front, it's like actually in my head, I was envisioning the apocalypse now soundtrack, like <laughs> the Valkyrie. So I was that that's what I was envisioning in my head as <laughs> the uh bottle became illuminated. <clears throat> so I look at it and then, but then it's like, okay, this is, this is going to, this video is going to be two minutes long because I shot it in slow motion. Another, another 120 seconds. I I love slow motion. (laughs) So I went back, guess where I went to for my music? (laughs) Artlist.io. (laughs) Artlist.io. And then I... I found this soundtrack that was very 60 Austin Power ish. Like I don't even I don't even know how to say it now. Na, 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 na. It was it was it seemed like it, it would was fit right. It was groovy. So then I'm like, I really like this song. Like, how do I fit it in with my boring two minute dun, dun, na, 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 exposure of this wine bottle? So what I ended up doing was I use that high tempo song, but I made the video dance. I made mm. the wine bottle dance. So I put in this effect, uh, this effect that would like cause static at yeah, the baseline. Yeah, I remember that part. Yeah. I put static at the baseline. And then during a trumpet, like whatever, there was a trumpet part to it. I caused the wine bottle to change color, move to the left, and then I added another layer, a different color, went to the middle, another color stayed to the right. And they were, I mean, the colors were like blue, green, and red, I think is what they were. So then the song kept on going, and then that trumpet part came back, and I just, I did the same thing, but I reversed the colors. And I took what was a very boring, dark video and turned it into a high tempo 
cool ass spot. Groovy. I mean, that groovy, that's a pretty good thing because I even use very 60s colors <laughs> in it. Kept it thematic. I kept it. Yeah, I kept it the way. And then um, when I delivered it to the winemaker, I said, you know what? If you hate this, I'm perfectly okay with it because I went way nutty with it. I went way out of the box. I sent it to him and he loved it. He liked it. And this is the payoff, right? This is the payoff of. Of long story short. Of the long story short. (laughs) So he he reposted it and he had a comment on there from another very big winemaker in washington state nice and the the his comment was this is a this is a great piece of media something that our industry desperately needs something like that i mean i could be way off but that was that was it but that's exactly what i was thinking it's i didn't want to be traditional I didn't want your cliche because I did. I actually, I did another video after that, which was totally traditional and <laughs> cliched. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was not. So it's like, Hey, I got like, that was, I felt good when I read that comment. It's like, this took me, I don't know, a few hours to make, but uh, reading that comment, made it all worth it 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 made it all (laughs) worth it and i think that without me well again i'm i think i'm using creativity and adventurous uh synonymously synonymously we're just trying new things because i think that if just as easily it could have been hey do not show this to anybody this this sucks could have been the response but it wasn't so yeah i was okay with it oh well that's good <laughs> do not show this to anybody it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i Which definitely I mean, don't want uh, what am i paying you for <laughs> i mean i'm think i'm prepared to hear that answer um but have you had that where you've taken a risk let's say that the client gives you a overall feel for what they want you take a risk i definitely have had some things happen especially recently i've been working on a hip-hop ep with someone who carlos introduced me to actually and should you get a shout out yeah absolutely it's aurelio valdez the the EP is called Aguila and Aguila and um, you said it right. Thank you. <laughs> and um, it's really good. And in in all frankness, I'm not necessarily a hip hop producer normally, but I heard him and I was like, this guy is really good. And we've worked together very well as a team. Yeah. In all honesty, he's and special. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. So I, uh, I'll interrupt here for a sure. bit. So did I tell you the story of how I made him? No. So I was on Instagram, and I think I, because 
so in my photography business, I go to Instagram and then just search for hashtags like Seattle hashtag, Capitol Hill hashtag, and then market. It's like, hey, like, do you want some pictures? So I did a search and I saw a picture that he did. I believe he was graduating from high school. And his caption was his caption. His caption grabbed me right away. Where he's like, you know, I'm so happy to have graduated. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna have a positive influence. Like a very very positive guy. So then I went back and I started looking at all of his pictures, and they were all positive. And uh, very positive, coming from a Mexican kid. So I sent him a message, a uh, Instagram uh, message, and I'm like, hey, I've been looking at your feed. I love the positivity. How about we you come over and we just do some portraits? We just get some pictures of you. And he replied almost right away. And then he came over and then we just we just shot in the studio. We did a little bit of candids. And. I just liked how positive, I mean, I'm said positive a bunch of times, but I just liked how positive he was. And then he started talking to me about what he does and that he's likes to rap. And then he was rapping and I'm like, that's pretty good. Like from what you've written to how you sound, how you flow. I like it. And then we, he started saying, yeah, like I, like I've been trying to save up money to, record here or there and then i sort of just loosely said hey i have a friend who records but given that i hadn't actually seen how legit you are (laughs) you're hesitant no i wasn't hesitant i just (laughs) said hey it's like like my buddy danny says he records like give him a shot (laughs) do him a favor (laughs) yeah i mean and then luckily he took my advice he reached out to you and i i mean you were playing back the his ep for me and it just sounds so good thank you it sounds so good and then i'm like like that is to be part of that even if i was just the plug (laughs) everybody needs a plug sometimes i was just it don't happen without the plug you know it's i mean yeah so i'm I'm very excited to what the Danny approved, fully <laughs> polished version of what the released, uh, what the released album is going to sound like. I'm sorry. So go ahead. So radio came over. <laughs> well, and you know, as I said, I, I hadn't done a lot of hip hop before and like literally, well, I don't I had done a little, but I mostly work with smaller acoustic solo and duo acts, right? And so, but I had been expanding more and more into electronic and hip hop lately. And when he came over, we just really, really connected. And he's worked in some of the best studios in the Seattle area, which are some of the best studios in the world. He has a Macklemore hookup. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) anyway. Um, But when we got together, we just really flowed well in that creativity part you know he's very eager to learn that was very helpful but I was able to come up with some things for his songs like on one song 
we he wanted this really long fade at the end of the song and i'm like thinking this is a dumb idea <laughs> you're gonna be bored yeah exactly right <laughs> it's like you're 120 seconds of right. slow-mo wine pouring yeah and so i said hey man i feel like this would be a really good spot to put um some i was like do you have voicemails from your friends about the album and and so he was like, oh, man, I don't know. And so I said, I need you to call your friends and and reach out to some people and have them leave you some voicemails about this album, man. That's cool. And we put it on and it sounds so good and it just fit right in with the song. And when you're hearing voicemails left by his mom and some of his musical mentors and his friends from high school and his friends from, um, from his neighborhood, then it really, are they in Spanish? Some of them are. That's nice. And so, you know, it's very interesting on that human side. And it just adds some of that emotion that this isn't just a hip hop album about being hip hop. It's about, helping people and the song itself was about helping people too. And that was one thing. And then at the intro too, and this is just snippets out of so many things. Um, but we agreed on it. And once we heard it together, we we're like, Oh, these voicemails sound so good on here. It, it was just kind of a, f a funny thing. Cause it's really not musical at all. If you think about it, but then it is cause we made it work with the music. Um, and then the other part would be at the intro, he was describing to me what he saw his first music video being like. And interesting. it's one of those situations where he was describing it to me. And in my head, I was coming up with these sounds. And then on the intro, I was like, he was, he was kind of describing to me what he was thinking of in the video and stuff like that. And I said, I have a way to create that in my studio. And I, a couple months ago, bought a new synthesizer. It's a popular brand. It's a really good synthesizer. They're American made and it has a noise generator on it and it also has a filter on it. And so I was able to create this very cool effect at the beginning of the intro, the whole, the first intro of the whole album is me playing the synthesizer. Nice. Right. And, and it's using the noise a filter. I I could play one, but it would just be so annoying right now to Can pull we just it up. Do it and then cut no, and then we come can't back. Do it, no, we, no. Fine. <laughs> but well, hold so, on. Maybe we should do it, and then I'll tell you why. Why? Because I have to tell you who is sponsoring this podcast, <laughs> and so we need to take a break anyway. Probably yes. All right. Well, so this. This podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have four locations, Federal Way, Capitol Hill, U District, Wallingford. And I was there today. I was at the uh, restaurant in Federal Way today. And I, the customer came in. He saw me taking pictures of some of the food. And he said, dude, you're taking pictures of this? You're absolutely right. This is the most authentic taco place that i've been to since i moved to washington state and he was a new uh washingtonian moved here from california and loved the food they have great tacos burritos tostadas you should definitely go 
if you're in Federal Way. The burritos are very good. The bur- <laughs> the tacos are also very good. Well, I brought I brought some food. Yeah. To do this, I brought, brought tamales. I bought tacos. I brought burritos. I've been eating a whole lot <laughs> the past few uh, months. So thank you to Rancho Bravo, uh, Rancho Bravo, Capitol Hill. Thank Federal you for Way. dinner tonight, Rancho Bravo. It was delicious. Yes. All right. So we're back. So Danny, show us a little bit about this uh, EP. I want to hear it. All right. Here you go. First off, let's keep it simple. Rhymes loading in my temple. I scar your physical and scar your mental. Put the mic aside, I ascend you. No courage within you. Your peak is my minimum. My thoughts are assembled. Wow. So you, wow. you, you, you mixed that. You made that. Um, I recorded the vocals, mixed and mastered it. Yes. Okay, so th- I think the next episode we're gonna have Aurelio in here. Because I need to get into his head. <laughs> yes, let's do that. I think, I think that's a good idea. So, if we rewind a bit, you met this dude because I introduced you to him and he wanted to record. They didn't have any money. You have an amazing <laughs> studio. Wanted to <laughs> use the space. And this is what you made. And it's amazing. It sounds very very good thank you what uh so when you met this kid he's young right he's like what 19 19 yeah and i think he like just turned 19 too so i uh i i took some portraits of him and he's used them on his on uh social media so i only worked with him in, so one of the when i was taking pictures of him one of the ways that I was able to get his personality out on the visuals and get some good pictures of him was I had him re uh, do a set. So he was in front of a white background, you know, blank, nothing too crazy in the environmentals, but he was rapping and then I'm just snapping pictures away. And then I got some really cool Rolling Stone type of pictures of him. They do look good. They yeah. look great. So, like, he was just doing his thing, spitting his bars, and I'm just taking pictures, like, snapping. Like, I must have taken, like, a thousand pictures. That's excessive. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> and then we, yes, I, yes, I narrowed it down to a few, and they look pretty cool, and he used them, so he likes them. So, when he came in here, and you guys started a recording, like, were you expecting anything? Like, what was your mindset going into it you know honestly at first i i thought well i hope this is worth my time (laughs) 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 and and not meaning that it's just someone i had never heard anything before (laughs) if i had had that mindset going into a few of my projects i would have avoided tons of heartache (laughs) well because i have recorded a lot of people i i've recorded a lot of people i've spent a lot of time in this studio and with with this you know we had had a little bit you had introduced us right and then one of the things was he, he didn't have his stems ready 
at the time, right? And so I was thinking to myself, is this guy really ready? Has he really practiced a lot and, and enough? Because sometimes for some artists, it's their first time in the studio and sure. they're really, really good live. But when you tell them to play with to play to a click track with a metronome in their ear and suddenly it's super different for them. Some artists really struggle with that. And you spend a lot of time teaching musical things rather than recording and being able to spend time working on you know, that. I don't even know what stems were. <laughs> Actually, I, I, right now I don't even think you know what a stem is. <laughs> so essentially when you have a hip hop artist, they have gotten several tracks for the separate instruments known as stems and they'll use those stems piece those together to make their song and then they'll rap over these stems and so, so it's the beat yeah the, the beat but also the instrumental the beat the instrumentals the scratches every All part stuff of these you do on stuff that you can do on a what do you mean what do you call it on a uh, beat track or a synthesizer yeah, I, I'm part of them, part of them. And so when... So who it, makes those? Different people. It, I mean, I've made some myself. Um, he he actually has, I think, out of the six tracks that he has, I think there are four or five different artists among them on this, for the stems. Uh, well, not... Because there's multiple artists doing different stems on the same song, even. It... It could be as many as 25 different people, in all honesty, on one song. Right. Um, it's not quite that complex on these, but it could be. Okay. So with the with, when you had introduced us, he's like, well, I'm not, or you had said, he's not quite ready yet. He doesn't have any stems. And I'm thinking to myself, uh. but then when um, he came in and we did a mic check, and even from the mic check, I was like, man, this guy really really raps very well like yeah he's good he's really good and yeah. so there's a passion he has his own voice that definitely comes through there's just so many factors that made it so good and so to to hear him rapping i was just like whoa this is great and i was just like we need to work together you know right. um and well so, those are those uh those are those people you're okay investing your time in yeah absolutely right. and from to me everyone is worth that investment in time but i want an equal investment in time from them essentially <laughs> and so when people come in and they don't know the lyrics to their raps or something like that or they don't have the song memorized or even if you don't have a song memorized, as long as you can play through that song and you're ready for recording, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm I'm not super judgmental. Sometimes things happen, things come up. Sometimes your song suddenly changes the day before you record it, and you're like, this song is completely different now because I heard a certain thing and I wanted to incorporate it into my song this way. So there's lots and lots and lots of factors that can come up. But as long as right. they're putting in the time and I'm putting in the time, I'm okay with that. And it can even be I'm okay with putting in more time with them or I'm okay with them putting in more time than me as long as, you know, there's some sort of 
reciprocity as you had sure. mentioned earlier. Well, it's a two-way street. So. Yeah, exactly. And so as long as you're not coming in here and wasting your own time because we're not going to be able to provide you with any sort of a finished product if you don't have a product to finish. Sure. And and so but with Aurelio his stuff was really ready. I mean, probably one of the most prepared artists I've ever dealt with. For example, we set a time to meet and he was there 15 minutes early and Perfect. sometimes I've waited as long as an hour and a half for people to show right. up for a studio appointment. And you know, that's, I've worked with models and people, well, models to build a portfolio, take photos of them. And we schedule a time and they're, they either don't show or they're, way super late rude mega rude so i like this kid because he has a motor and he wants to get stuff done and he realizes that it's gonna take x amount of work and he's gonna do it so i'm super happy that it's worked out with the both of you to i, to I get am too <laughs> thanks carlos <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want my name on this somewhere. <laughs> we got to credit. We got to we got to talk about. We got intro talk to, to like the song to the EP. No, no, no. Intro to producer everything to rapper. <laughs> everything. I want an intro to everything. Because well, so I mean, he's a Mexican kid, super young. I see a tad of myself maybe maybe not in where he is in this time in his life and what he wants to do. And then for him to be super mega focused and actually get it going, but then needing people to help him get it done. Like that's, that that's what I didn't have because none of my friends did anything noteworthy at all almost all of them are still in this small little town in Illinois I'm the only one who's moved on out of state so I'm super happy that this kid was super focused knows what he wants works to get it and then meets people that helps him uh fill uh fill those needs it's a it's a very positive force and you had mentioned really that earlier is. he's a super positive guy i mean polite well-spoken raised well definitely yeah so uh, we need to get him on here but as far <laughs> as the creativity goes and then i guess i'm gonna bring it back to the creativity is that he is creative in one sense in his lyrics and how he wants to the message he wants to bring but then how that translate to a recording and how that translate to an actual album. That's where your creativity is merging with his to create a fully polished end product. Absolutely. You know, that is one of the things that he mentioned to me when we were recording together after our first, probably like two or three sessions, he said, you know, I've been to these other studios where, you know, they're like the top Seattle studios. And he said, I'm honestly getting 
better results with you. Right. And, you know, there were times when we were at my, like, second bedroom studio, basically, in the extra room in my condo in West Seattle, recording things, and we're competing with top-tier studios. That's just the way it is. That's what, <laughs> right. that's what the power of computers has done, though, too. You're right. And... You know, he's getting better results, though. But I don't think that that's because I had better equipment or I have a better ear or anything like that. I think that the biggest factor for that was that he and I had this connection and I had this ability, again, as a producer to say, this is what sounds best when you do this. Well, you're paying attention. Uh, Yeah. Putting in the effort, man. Sure. Because, well, I mean, if you want to look at it in his dollars and cents if he had been recording in these high profile studios, I mean, ultimately they have to produce something that generates revenue. Yeah. So they don't take the time to nurture and actually follow through and develop. They don't have time (laughs) for that because they have rent to pay, right? They have a $3,000 a month studio that they have to, or more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, the conservative, number but then having someone that can take the time to hear what you're saying comprehend the message and then help you develop how it will be developed i mean that's priceless actually yeah absolutely and i think that was part of what made it such a good partnership is um you know he was very accepting and very interested in learning more, right? That's For awesome. him, that's great. It was, you know, he wanted to learn about the process and I and I want to have artists that when they come in, it's not just about me telling them what to do, but more helping them learn why I'm doing things so that it's a repeatable process. Sure. So that even if he goes to another studio, he can say, well, this is the mic that I use. This is the, the channel strip that we use, the, the chain uh, for, for gain. Um, you know, this is the process that we went through. These were right. the plugins that we were using because those are the, the things that, again, it's repeatable. If he wants to get the same sound again, he can do this. But I think the other part, too, is almost being like a hype man in the studio for this hip hop guy, because I've often thought it's kind of funny when I hear rap tracks and you hear like the backing tracks and the hype guy on a rap track. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then I think about this guy in a studio all alone with no one around him, you know, (laughs) hyping up a non-existent crowd, if you will. And he's just in a silent studio with headphones on like, yeah, yeah. And, um, but as a producer, you really have to be there for that artist and help guide them through it, help them spend, you know, sometimes you'd be like, I think we need another take. Or sometimes I'd say, I think we need another take and kind of finding that middle ground was like, this is the best it's going to get. We can keep trying to get more takes. We can punch in, punch out, whatever. But this is really the best where it's going to get. Or on the other end of that, too, you know, we really need to do this again. It sounds good, but it's not where we need it to be. Right. So as you're explaining this, you know what's coming into my head, my thought process, is hustle and flow. 
<laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it sort of just boils down to, and I saw uh, we did reference that we're going to talk about gear, but with hustle and flow, it wasn't about the gear. It was about what they could make that would resonate with their audience. So you're sort of living that if you think about it, it's like you don't have, (laughs) you don't have the multi-billion dollar company backing you with the absolute best studio and everything there but with, with all the gear and all, all the engineers the and with, producers and right. the marketing so what are you left down to you're left down to your artist with his lyrics and how it relates to the audience and the way you get there is creativity creativity brings it all together because well this is the great way to talk about this is that you can have tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear. You can have the best mics, the best inputs, the best. I mean, I'm looking at this rack of what are they? What do you call these things? Rack gear. Rack, rack gear. <laughs> like, I don't know. What do I know? Mike Pre's channel strips, like if you look EQs, at... <laughs> compressors. Uh, this is why I love units. Danny. So I took Danny to my studio. And what does he see? Just a dozens and dozens of cameras i have lots of cameras i have uh lots of ways that cameras capture pictures meaning digital film film, instant photography like tons of all that self-developed i have all that but then you go to danny's studio and he has cables and he has racks of uh tube what do you call them preamps to premiums it's like i don't know what these are these things are but you bring it all together for a product with a purpose and it can be better than anything that a mega company can create which is i mean it's grassroots it's indie it's local it's uh, supporting your community. Like, this is what we're doing is supporting the community. And we need this local support to bring these voices out. And whether it's a young kid who is wanting to be a rapper with his positive lyrics of how Mexicans are or how Latin people are, or whether it's an aspiring model that I work with, an aspiring model that wants to build her portfolio to possibly be picked up by a national agency. We need to come up with stories. We need to come up with um, concepts that will attract the, the, will attract a bunch of people basically. Like, how, how do we do that? It's all about conveying emotion through con- creativity. Emotion. The model is putting clothes on. And what does that designer want to make the ultimately the end consumer feel, feel. 
when they're looking at their ad, right? right? Absolutely. And then that's going to, sh- this is how I feel when I wear their clothing. I feel powerful. I feel sexy. I feel cool. I feel edgy, whatever they're trying to convey. And, you know, that's part of why the designer's designing the clothes is to get those emotions out. And that's why the model is wearing the clothes and then using their poses and their faces and their looks to to get to convey those emotions themselves. Right. And the photographer's like, well, if I use this lighting and this aperture and this effect and this exposure rate, then I can capture this the best and convey the right. emotions that I'm looking to convey. Yeah. I, no, I, absolutely. It's, I mean, <clears throat> when I uh, work with a model or when I work with someone who I am doing a photo shoot with, I like to talk with them for a few minutes before, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, meet at a coffee shop or something and say, what's your purpose? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what are you trying to convey? And then that helps me then come up with a, 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 few, a series of poses. Uh, is it going to be environmental? Is it going to be a studio shoot? Is it going to be a dark background, a white background? Are you going to be wearing lots of accessories or none? Or is it going to be focused on your face? Like there's so many things involved in what people how to make people look the way they want people to look at them and creativity lets you come up with a bunch of uh, ways to let you do that. And we do that visually with photography, with video. And we've learned that Danny does that through audio, through different microphones and how does the pitch work? How does the voice sound? Are you going to be, a are you going to be rapping here are you going to be doing a folksy song are you going to be instrumental heavy creativity and and, and also the emotional part of it too are you know do you want to where do you how do you want to connect with people what do you you know like you said art indie folky hip hop all of those things well even the even a change in a microphone can change the feeling of right of what you're conveying. Uh, for example, the mic that we thought sounded tinny and robotic. Well, maybe that's the feeling that you're going for in sure, something. Sure, you know? sure. But we, for Carlos, we ended up picking the mic that sounded the most natural, actually, because his voice sounds good. So it's like, right. let's let's. Which I hate my voice, mic. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So if I do listen to this, it will be with a tad bit of cringe. Oh, stop it. It sounds good. It's, it's good enough. It's good enough. It sounds as best as I'm ever going to sound, there, basically. I'll accept that. I'll accept which I that. dig it. I really dig it. Well, Danny, I love you to death. I'm pissed off that we've waited what three years that i've (laughs) known you three four years that i've known you that we've actually done anything because i want to surround myself with people that do don't talk and we talked about this before like i don't want to do meetup groups because all they do is sit around and talk about what they want to do i want to have a group i want to have a circle of people that that get together and do and not talk and you're definitely one of these people. And I think that 
talking selfishly, you're going to help me make such my the quality in my content is going to skyrocket. It's going to look great. It's going to sound fantastic. And you're going to help me do that. And then I want to help. (laughs) Perfect. Because I'm making a movie. You're the sound guy to my movie. I can't wait. And then I want to be able to help you when you have projects. Oh, you you're gonna be helping me, just so you know. I got a few lined up. I'm 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 ready. You got some free time. (laughs) I'm ready. I am absolutely ready because I really do think that combining your passion and then my passion ultimately it's gonna lead to exceptional content that's going to be amazing and that we can both benefit from and then not only that but we're going to be able to both give our audience a great experience for whatever our projects are the ultimate point of it right? the ultimate point of it so danny thank you very much thank for you taking time to talk with me i super appreciate it and uh what would in the spirit of creativity and not getting discouraged by failures what would you be your parting words for our audience on how they should go about uh their day-to-day workflow and uh throwing in some creativity in there. I sort of messed that up, but go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think that we can always stay creative and positivity is a big part of that and realizing that your ideas are good ideas. They might not be the right idea for that certain situation, but that's a learning experience either way. And so just keep, solving those problems keep conveying those emotions having an open mind absolutely and the just don't give up on yourself because the spirit of blissport everybody open mind everybody has good (laughs) ideas and there are lots of people out there that want to share those ideas with you and That's the other part, too. Don't be afraid to share your creativity with other people because I do think that two heads are better than one in some situations. And you might be surprised at the input that someone else can give you that makes something work a lot better with your audience than even you had thought of ever before. Having an open mind. Yes. Well, thank you very much. And my final thought on this is creativity is mega subjective. You're not going to make everyone happy. If you show something that you made to one person, they're going to love it. You're going to show it to the next person. They're going to hate it. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you created and you generated a response, whether it's love or hate. But if you're comfortable with what you made, then that's pretty much all you can ask for. And you cannot be afraid of failure. You can fail, 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 fail. But if you keep on trying, then that means that you're continuing to work and that you will get to a level that 
will suffice uh, what you're going for, which means making great content and continuing whatever it is that you have a passion for. And Danny's case is audio, making people sound good. In my case is making a photograph or making a video that people will respond to. And that is the name of the game. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I'm going to release it in one video. It's not going to be released in multiple editions like the other ones were. I appreciate you listening. Look for us on iTunes. We're going to be there, CZ Media, and stay tuned for the next uh, show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carlos. Awesome.